You're listening to the Townsville Chambercast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. We would like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are a local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S In this episode, we will be hearing from the Townsville Chamber of Commerce's CEO, Ross McLennan, who will be speaking with the General Manager and Director of Morley's Funerals, Ray Valdetta. Welcome, Ross and Ray. Thanks, Claire. And today we're going to talk about other services. With over 12,000 businesses registered in Townsville, 826 of them are defined in an interesting category called other services. But uh, what does that actually mean? Other services include uh, a broad range of personal service, religious, civic, professional and other interest group services, selected repair and maintenance activities and private households employing staff. Businesses are engaged in providing a range of personal services such as hair, beauty, weight, diet management services, providing death care services, promoting or administering religious events or activities and promoting and defending the interests of their members. Sometimes what we do here at the Townsville Chamber of Commerce. 57% of businesses in this sector are registered, employ between 1 and 19 staff, which is higher than the state average. And uh, the guest I've got joining us today is, is definitely bucking that trend in He's in just 1.5% of the state that employ between 20 and 199 people. Today, I'm pleased to be joined um, by uh, Morley's Funeral Managing and Director, Ray Valdetta. Morley's Funerals was founded in 1961 by his father-in-law and mother-in-law, Basil and Betty Morley, celebrating their 60th year this year. Uh, welcome, Ray. Thank you, Ross. So, um, Ray, we're obviously starting off with a tricky um, a subject here, other services. That's a terrible way of putting it, really. But um, tell us a bit about yourself and the business of a, of a funeral director. Well, it all originated uh, for our company when Mr. Morley Basil and uh, Betty decided in 1961 that they wanted to venture into their own funeral business uh, here in Townsville. And Basil had actually been in the industry since he was 16 years of age. So it was one of those things he always wanted to do. And um, yes, he had a very high ethical standard of business and his reputation grew rapidly. And uh, very soon, uh, Morley's Funerals became the major funeral home in Townsville. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to join the company in 1971. Uh, I married into the family, actually, which um, my wife wasn't altogether happy with going back into the funeral industry because she had a few issues to deal with at school, trying to explain to everyone that her father was a funeral director. But but anyway, she relented and uh, I came in to manage the business from 1971 and still manage and still a director. In fact, I've been uh, in the company now for 50 years, which is a long time. It only seems like yesterday that I came into the business. We had a fairly major change uh, of recent times in um, Two years ago, uh, we elected to sell the business, uh, but to retain the property from which we operated. And we decided to accept an offer from the Propel Group. And we have found that an excellent uh, move from our perspective in that our family, our long-serving staff uh, are all able to stay on to continue that uh, marvellous work that, that we've been doing for the previous 60 years. So it's it's been a journey. Uh, we've, um, we've been able to keep ahead, uh, be on top, 
uh, right throughout that period of time in giving excellent service to the community. We pride ourselves on the professional standards that we operate under and it's all be, always been for us the focus is that the family should come first and that we certainly train that into our staff that it's so important to be given the challenge of assisting a family through one of the most difficult phases of their life and that we just over a period of a couple of days actually become very close to that family during that period of time. We form special bonds with them and it is our intent and our focus to help them through to facilitate a funeral that will give an excellent farewell to their loved one. Yeah, and I mean, we um, we look at this industry and, and the ups and downs that all of our different sectors have taken over the last 12 months. And I mean, even with that baseline of professionalism, I'm guessing you would have been thrown some major hurdles in the last 12 months, you know, gearing up for a pandemic that, you know, we've been blessed with and haven't received here. How did your business sort of look at this in the really early stages? And then as we've come through, I know there's been a number of restrictions on your industry. It's heavily regulated, as we know. But how as a business did you, you know, start? mid-March last year and work your way through? Well, that in itself has been quite contradictory to what we thought was going to happen. Thank goodness, yeah. In that, uh, yes, yeah, so we're really, really blessed that we're fortunate, I think, that we live on an island and that we're uh, protected somewhat from uh, the ravages of, of the COVID pandemic. Of course, we, like most at that particular time, didn't go into panic mode, but we certainly realised that there could be some enormous challenges ahead of us if a pandemic such as COVID was to take hold here here in Australia. And we'd already uh, seen what was happening in Europe, especially in Italy, where there were just a lot of deaths and uh, there just seemed to be no end to the uh, to the trauma and uh, the extra workload that was being placed upon uh, the funeral industry. For us, we tried to, to plan ahead. Obviously, you've got to plan for the worst case scenario. So we set about trying to develop extra stocks of, and supplies that we felt we may need, such as coffins and uh, all, all of our personal protective equipment and so forth. Unfortunately, during that phase, we weren't considered to be an essential service in the eyes of government. And we could understand that. They wanted to uh, earmark most of that protective equipment for the medical profession, because obviously, if things got really out of hand, well, that was going to take up most of the supplies that were available. So uh, just as the public, I guess, were stocking up on toilet paper at that particular <laughs> time, uh, we were trying to stock up on uh, hand sanitizers and gloves and, and so forth. And our suppliers were really struggling to fill the orders for the funeral industry around Australia, primarily because uh, the supply, most of the supplies come, come in from overseas. And unfortunately, most of it had been set aside by the government for use in the medical field. So one of the problems we were faced with and the supplies were faced with was um, increased costs in trying to get the goods into Australia and most of them had to come in by air and obviously there was uh, a lot of extra costs involved and that was passed on to uh, to the funeral uh, industry and uh, so the suppliers weren't price gouging they were just merely covering the cost to get the goods into Australia so fortunately most of that uh, supplies that we stockpiled weren't, weren't actually needed so we had plenty of stock of everything to to keep us going over over a longer period of time. What did happen uh, that we weren't expecting is that the death rate didn't increase. Uh, the death rate was either static or actually dropped in some areas. So actually our workload dropped off a little. Not only that, we had to contend uh, with the restrictions that were placed on gatherings uh, from, from as low as 10 people, gradually increasing up to 20, 30, 50 and so on. But during that period of time, our frontline staff had to try 
to get across the message to to our bereaved families that this was uh, beyond our control and that we had to work with that. And as a result, uh, a lot of people weren't able to attend funerals and sometimes even family members were excluded from those who were able to attend. So what we had to be was use a, a lot of the technology that we already had available to us, things such as live streaming services and so forth, whereas in the past that was not used a lot. It was then uh, used on a more frequent basis, almost probably 95% of, of the funerals that we did were live streamed during that early phase. The government did allow for some exemptions to numbers, but that was a little bit erratic because some of the decisions were based on information that we we had no control over either. So our frontline staff had a lot of issues trying to deal with that. We were trying to do our best to help families through this uh, difficult time, but our hands were tied and uh, unfortunately it, it, was, it was just the way it was. But I'm very proud of our staff. They, they managed it well. And uh, we introduced a, um, a little service to aid people in some ways to give their messages across to families in that uh, we introduced a With You in Spirit program. I can't take the credit for developing the program itself. It, it started in the U.S., but some of us here in Australia took hold of the idea, and that was that uh, we made it available to uh, relatives and friends who couldn't attend the funeral. They could simply contact us. Uh, they would give us the message of condolence for the family. Uh, we would have that printed up on a nice card, and then we would have that tied to a ribbon uh, on a balloon, and we'd put the balloon on a chair in the chapel, and rather than walking into a a very vacant room with vacant chairs. Families were walking in and there were all these balloons and all these messages. And that in itself gave the families a, a bit of a lift. Yeah, beautiful. And obviously anyone seeing that online as well got that sense that whilst they weren't there in person, they still were participating in, you know, what we all class as a very sad time. So. Yes. And the other, the other aspect of this too was the fact that because the numbers were reduced to such a, a small number to attend, there were those families who walked to basically not to have a funeral service. Wow. They, they decided to have a uh, perhaps a cremation or a burial with the view that at some stage later when the gathering numbers were, would be lifted that they would then hold a memorial service where more people could attend. So uh, a lot of that happened as well. Uh, and of course, from, from a funeral industry's point of view, uh, the amount of input into the, the farewell was reduced. And um, But in those particular difficult times, it was families' choices and uh, our role is simply to facilitate whatever the families wish to have. So uh, we did a lot of magnificent funerals during that period of time. And we also did uh, quite a few funerals that were very simple and uh, didn't weren't sort of what we would call a traditional type funeral. But it it was great to see that funeral directors throughout Australia became very resourceful and that families became more accepting yeah. of, uh, of the restrictions that were placed upon them. And it was all for a good cause. I mean, ultimately, probably had a great bearing on, uh, on the way that COVID was managed here throughout Australia in that we, compared to other countries, we did very well. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's interesting you talk, I, when I'm listening to you, you're just constantly talking about your frontline staff, your staff, you know, you've been there 50 years. And, you know, when we were doing a little bit of research on this industry, and one of the things that comes through the chamber offices a lot is I can't get skilled workers, I can't get apprentices I can't get this I can't get that but it's there's big shortages in human resources and, and we sort of looked at that for your industry and we heard quotes like you know we meet a lot of amazing people you appreciate your own family more there's no such thing as a boring day at work you don't take anything for granted you know you're always there or you're there for when people need you the most and I guess 
Um, you talk so passionately about your your staff as well, your frontline staff. Do you have an issue in getting staff here to Townsville or has that ever been an issue for your business here? It can be. Uh, we're very fortunate. I mean, in our group, we have 225 years of experience wow. in our staff in just in our very own funeral home here in Townsville. So we have folk working for us that have been with us in excess of 30 years. I mean, I've been there 50 years, but you know, to hold staff for that period of time, sometimes it's quite difficult, but we've had a very good blend. We've had a solid core of people that have been with us a long time. They're very experienced. They know it all. And uh, we've got that type of group within our establishment that can train the new people that come in. And I guess like a lot of businesses, the younger generations tend to not really want to make that a total career path. But once they get into the funeral home, it sort of becomes just very attractive to, to see what happens within a a funeral home setting where everybody's focus is simply to help people and mm. care for people. And I've had some great success with people who've come into the funeral home not trained in any way in funeral work. I may have come to be a receptionist or I may have come in to do other some other role within the funeral home. As soon as they see what happens internally within the funeral home, they immediately want to be part of that. So uh, it's a good breeding ground to, uh, to get these people in and to see what goes on. And then they get really enthusiastic about helping people and it becomes a more of a calling, I think. People just feel called to this type of work. There are some, of course, that don't relate well to it. Well, they don't usually stay around for very long. No, no. <laughs> and, and, but those that really love it, that's all they want to do. And, you know, it, it's a big call for anyone to work in the actual funeral side in a funeral home in that, you know, we're providing 24-7 service every day of the year. It doesn't matter. And we have people who are on call for every minute of every day throughout the year. So if there's a call for the transfer of a deceased person or to meet with a family to discuss a funeral or to actually conduct a funeral, we have people who are prepared to make that commitment. Mm. Obviously, that's all worked on a roster system and that becomes rather a complicated part of what we do. But, you know, to have people who are prepared to do that, we wouldn't be able to operate. No, of course. Them. I mean, it sort of reminds me of an old saying, you know, the biggest gift is giving. And, um, you know, you're obviously your staff do get a lot out of that compassion and that friendships that are forged at, yep. at a time of grief. And, you know, a business around for 60 years, and I want to put it into a little bit of context for our Townsville listeners. The year you started your premises over in Garbutt, I think it was, they got one Wiped out by Cyclone Althea. Yeah, well, we started in 1961 yep. and Althea flattened Townsville in, in 1971. And yeah, it was a it was a huge setback. If you, if you consider a funeral home in two parts, you've got the admin area, then you've got the actual work area, garage area and so forth. And in our original funeral home, the admin area wasn't, you know, it was fairly, fairly well constructed, whereas the the uh, rear end of it was sort of a little bit flimsy. But <laughs> but when uh, Althea hit, it just took out all our admin completely, just destroyed it. And the old wobbly bit out the back was still standing. So, oh, so we were able to uh, have, have areas where we could still garage our vehicles and so forth. We were hopelessly underinsured. So if anybody's listening to this, always make sure you've got plenty of insurance cover. We're going to be talking about that soon too and the lack of insurance. So I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Yep. Yeah. So... So we were left with a fairly hefty bill at that stage. Sure, the, you know, the insurance company came to the party with some of the dollars, but uh, we had to fund the rebuild. And it was hard. It was really hard work getting through that. We we worked out of Mr and Mrs Morley's residence in the admin section for uh, well over 12 months. And then we gradually uh, got the front section rebuilt and we moved back in. And then over a period of time after that, I think we had three or four renovations of the old place in Deanus Street in Garbutt. And then in 1990, 
1999, we uh, were fortunate enough to be able to uh, move to uh, to the lakes. And I think the the lakes funeral home at the time when we built it was four times the size of the of the old place. And we said uh, as it was being built, oh, this is too big. It's but, too big, yeah. But within 12 months, we were saying we didn't build it big enough. We need a bigger one. Yeah, there's a couple of bridges like that around around the place <laughs> yes. too. So I, uh, I can, That's yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, I always love, you know, when we can talk to people like yourselves and, and show that journey through your business career, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. We're going to, we're going to get hit with it and, and yeah. at different times. And it's just fantastic to hear from someone like yourself that can relay those sort of, you know, we got hit by those terrible floods uh, here in 19 and, you know, now a pandemic, but it's all relative, isn't it? And if you, if you knuckle Certainly. down and get through, you come out stronger. Certainly do. It's a character building. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know, what, what I found, I don't know if it's still the case now, but back then when we were underinsured, when you, when you really analyse it, when you take out the insurance cover, and I'm not an insurance agent, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it just seemed to me that it doesn't make sense to cut your premiums and, and have a reduced cover. Back then we realised afterwards we could have had much higher cover for not much more premiums. Yeah. So you know, it's all about making sure we know what we're buying. Yep. And uh, But it took us a long time to, to get through that and to get back into profitable territory, but, um, but it was well worth the... Uh, the effort and I think um, you know one of the good things uh, in the model that my mother and father were introduced into the funeral home we have here in Townsville is that um, not to be satisfied with things as they are that if there's something that needs to be done we plan to move forward and to do that to improve the services and a lot of the um, you know most of our profits over all that time have always been reinvested back into the funeral home to provide better facilities so we can better serve families yep. and um, so yeah we, we actually get a great deal of joy out of making sure we've got bigger and better facilities to be able to offer the service we want to deliver. And to a growing city as well. And, you Absolutely. know, that's so important. So, I mean, I really appreciate your time today, Ray. It was, it's fantastic to have a chat to you. And, and one of the things we like to end on um, with these chamber casts is, is a simple, you know, what is the one thing that would greatest benefit your industry? If there was going to be an advocacy line that your industry could take, what do you think if you could sum up to to make your sector and your industry better? Well, if we're talking about an Australia-wide uh, improvement. Currently, well, we're members of the Australian Funeral Directors Association and we have to operate by certain standards and ethics within that group, but not it, it's a voluntary thing to be a member of that association. It, it's not compulsory. So we have a quite a wide set of standards. Or, well, people who operate funeral homes are not always aware of the funeral director standards anyway. So uh, what I think would benefit the industry as a whole would be that if every funeral director in Australia had to be part of a group that had to work by a set standard and uh, offer a quality service, I'm sure that the funeral director, the funeral directors would benefit from that greatly, as as would the people we serve. But at the moment um, there's a lot of unlevelled playing fields out there where there's no licensing and registration currently in Queensland and, and for some of the other states as I understand it so nobody has to go through any special training at all to become a funeral director so um, I, I think if if anything, the uh, I think the motto of the AFDA is that uh, we promote professional funeral standards in the industry. I think it would be a great thing if everybody was part of that, or if even if governments introduced some set standards that anybody who wanted to be a funeral director, you have to meet the standard, the set standard facilities. We call it PEV, Premises, Equipment and Vehicles, and uh, it is our bound duty to ensure that we have them up to a set standard, and we're inspected every three years. Right. to ensure that we've kept that standard. And if we don't, well, there's opportunity there for the, for the association to move us on. So a standard Australia-wide. 
I'd like to see that. Yeah. Fantastic. Once again, Ray, thanks very much for your time. I know it's only a short chamber cast, but we got a wealth of knowledge out of your time here. So thanks very much. Thank you, guys. You're listening to the Townsville Chambercast. This podcast is proudly funded by the Australian and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. We would also like to thank our show partner, Addits, for making this podcast possible. Addits are your local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S Thanks for listening and remember to think, support, celebrate and go local. Thanks for listening, and remember to think, support, celebrate, and go local.